Okay, we're recording. We're, oh shit! I was about to tell you something. Coming off, <laughs> off. Uh, you want me to pause it? No, it's fine. Off the record, I was gonna tell probably, you. Probably shouldn't eat. <laughs> probably oh well. What are you eating? Peanut butter pretzels. Hell yeah! From Trader Joe's. And then um, it's carrot juice. Carrot juice. That's a big. I love carrot juice. A big ass bottle of carrot juice. It's Costco. That you're supposed sense. to pour it in a cup, not just like drink it on the. Go. Yeah, like you're supposed to spread it out yeah. for the week, dude. No, I, me. I was hanging out with my sister. I spent the night at her house, and then ne- and she woke me up in the morning. She's like, "Do you want coffee?" I'm like, "Yeah, like I'll have coffee." You know, yeah. like I need coffee actually. Right. So that was nice. She's like, "How about we do workout and we go to Costco?" Oh my god! And I'm like, "How Hell. fun!" <laughs> You're like, oh, can I go with her? <laughs> I was like, I am not going to Costco. Like, I hate going to any stores like Target or Ross. I love Costco. Target. I love Costco. I'll go to Trader Joe's, and that's I love literally Trader it. Joe's. Yeah, and she's like, World what? Mart. I never even been there. It's World Market. Well, yeah, World Mart. <laughs> but yeah, she like convinced me to go. She's like, there's so much stuff that you'd want, and like it was fun. We got samples, and yeah, that's fun. That's the fun part of. But Costco. I spent like eighty dollars. I don't even know what on, I got. Like, two things. <laughs> I don't know what. I mean, I got some things. Like half of it was on coffee pods. Okay. Anyway, it's a good like forty bucks, thirty forty bucks for coffee pods. Yeah, it's Costco. like it's like forty bucks. Yeah. Anyway. That's my Costco story. Costco trip. Yeah. I love Costco. I just hate the whole, like, lines. I hate the parking situation. Mm-hmm. And it comes with it, you know. But luckily, since I have my days off during the week, um, I go, like. It's not too bad. Yeah. Yeah, we went on Monday, and it wasn't crowded at all. Yeah. So that was really cool. Plus, I feel like the one in Torrance is just, like, it's still crowded, but it's not as crazy as the one in Alhambra. The one in Alhambra which one did is you guys crazy. go to Covina. Covina. Okay, yeah, the one in Alhambra is fucking crazy. Yeah, that one's been there forever. Like, people are killing people on the streets for parking lot. Yeah. For parking. Oh my gosh, it's a dangerous place to be. Yeah, and like, Alhambra, and then <laughs> and then like when you when Soup Plantation was open, rest in peace, Soup Plantation. Like yeah, seriously. you're just like I just want to go to Soup Plantation. I don't even want. I don't even want Costco parking. You know? Is it in the same? It, was, it is. Yeah, it I forgot. Damn, what a struggle! It was such a struggle. Sometimes I would just ditch school to go to Sea Plantation. I was literally about to say, didn't we ditch school one time and <laughs> go to Sea Plantation? You've done that with multiple people. Yeah, but like, um, I think you one day were like, "Oh yeah, I'm gonna go it's to Lemon Plantation." Month. It was Lemon Month, probably. Oh, okay. Like Lemon Month was the month that I was like, "I'm willing to ditch school to go every to day of the month." Yeah, yeah. I w- I remember I used to be really scared to ditch because I would always get caught. <laughs> But I was like, this is worth it. I'm going to yeah. go to Soup Plantation. I would also ditch to go to Shakey's Bunch of Lunch. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, it was only during that time it. while we were in school. And I was yeah. like, you know what? Weighing out pros and cons. Damn. Here. My education or my stomach. Not, not worth it. Yeah. <laughs> Shakey's Mojo's? Like, come on. Yeah. We should go to Shakey's. I can't eat. I live right by Shakey's. I've can't never been it. there. Dude, Shakey's is... I can't eat it. I wonder don't know. If it's I get good. grossed out sometimes. You and can just get beer. The weird thing, too, is I also <laughs> live next to or near Popeye's, and I don't even go to Popeye's. Never you been to that Popeye's. Never been to that Shakey's. Hmm. I don't know what's wrong with me. You have issues. I know. <laughs> um, 
So what were you going to talk about? Um, I want to you too. Always. <laughs> no, I don't know why. Like you two always comes up when you're like when you didn't choose music, right? Because they're in your Apple Music. Like that's not cool. Yeah, you didn't delete them. Whatever. They got like suit or something. Yeah, they're annoying for that. Um. Yeah, I wanted to talk about like attachment styles. Surprisingly, a lot of people don't know about attachment styles. I don't. Don't. Okay. And when you told me. I was like, okay, I'm waiting for her to tell me about it. <laughs> and then afterwards, you're like, I'm going to do some research. And I was like, me too. And oh, you never did. You never did it? Yeah. Damn. Okay. I guess I'll just have to, so you have to educate you. It. You have to explain everything to me. Um, so apparently, there's four attachment styles that are secure, which is the one everybody wants to be. Like, that's the goal mm-hmm. one. There's avoidant attachment, anxious attachment, and fearful, disorganized attachment. Mm. Um, so there's only, like, four or five? There's four main ones, like, primary ones. But, like, I'm sure there's, like, a combination of some. Like, I heard there's, like, anxious, avoidant, like, yeah, combinations. But I feel like those are more rare. Um, and you'd have to take a test in order to, like, really get that. Mm-hmm. I wish you would have researched it, yeah. maybe taken the test, but me by me telling you about it, maybe you can figure out which one you are. Okay. So I took the test, and I was very surprised. It says I'm secure. Okay. And I was like, yeah. Um, <laughs> but um, I think I'm a little too secure sometimes because like, so I'm I'm the type of person, <laughs> and I'm not like this as much anymore. Cause I'm in I'm in like a a good relationship. But yeah. I just, I used to be the type of person that's like, fine, fucking leave. I don't care. <laughs> but yeah. maybe I did care. But I, I was, I also, I always had this like mentality and I kind of like sometimes still do is that I'm going to be fine if somebody leaves my life. <laughs> like mm-hmm. I, as long as like I'm good, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm pretty like self-sufficient like overall. Mm-hmm. So that's always just kind of been in the back of my like, head. Like, I don't need anyone else, yeah. really. Yeah. Um, yeah, so you're literally describing um, <laughs> the worst one. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> no, that actually is very much um, avoidant attachment. Oh, shit. So avoidant attachment style is like, I love myself. I don't need you or your love. <laughs> and then also kind of like when emotions get too much, too heavy, mm-hmm. or like vulnerability gets like, becomes very important in the relationship Uh they avoided attachment styles seem to like kind of back away Mm. and kind of back off because they it's harder for them to show their vulnerabilities and show their emotional side okay and they kind of believe that and like the most severe um avoidant people are like oh like you're getting you're way too emotional like i cannot meet you on that level like i'm just not going to be with you type Mm. of thing but they very much like are self-sufficient and independent Mm. and don't need another person to like complete them which no one does yeah but to be like for example in a secure relationship style they both see that they do find value in each other Mm -hmm. like that need in each other but they're not gonna like sacrifice their own i don't know like their love of themselves for the other person Okay. But there there's like a balance, you know? Right. Um, so I guess um 
something I found interesting about the attachment styles is like, how are they formed? You know? Right. That has to do with like your childhood and your upbringing and stuff. right? Yeah. Like basically your primary caregiver, like how they cared for you. Like, how did that go? So Mm -hmm. for avoidant, it seems like um, kids who grew up with parents who kind of weren't there completely for their needs, Mm -hmm. for their child's needs all the time. The child might have just grown up thinking, like, oh, my needs aren't important. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the parent maybe gave them, like, a lot of independence. They kind of just grew up thinking, like, hey, I just need myself. Like, I don't need someone else to, um, like, just care about my emotions or whatever. Right. So that just reflects them in their relationships. Uh-huh. Does that, like, make sense? Yeah, kind of makes sense. Um, I think being i don't i think this partially has to do with like cultural and just Mm -hmm. possibly the circumstances that like my mom and my grandma faced because my grandma Mm -hmm. raised me when i was a kid with Mm -hmm. all my cousins um as far as like after school we were at my grandma's house every single day during the week you know because my mom had to work Mm -hmm. so i i still consider that as like raising me because she she did those like hours you know after school that i'd be there until my mom picked me up or picked me and my brother up so like my grandma because of i want to say it's a cultural thing but they're like she she's very tough Mm, tough love tough love like in that sense so she didn't really give us too much affection or like yeah love and like hugs and kisses and stuff but she took care of us and loved us in other ways you know um and i want to say that's probably a mexican thing um Mm -hmm. and my mom she's i don't know i think when i was little she did like hug me and kiss me and love me but Mm -hmm. like I don't, I want to say, like, over time, like, she kind of stopped doing that mm. and also was, like, doing the tough love type of thing. Um, because even now, like, when we're on the phone or I'm getting off the phone with her, I have to be the one to tell her, okay, I love you. Mm. Like, you know, she won't say it until I say it. Mm. And I think it's because, like, she's not used to it or, like, I don't know. Well, that makes sense because you said your grandma's, like, the tough love and your grandma raised your mom. No. So, this is my dad's mom, though. My dad's mom is the one that Hmm. pretty much, like, raised us when I was up until, like, elementary and middle school. Um, And then my mom, like, who was raised by my other grandma. Yeah. (laughs) Um. She's like that. But my other grandma is also kind of tough because she had to be a single mom. Mm -hmm. So she had to just, like, take care of her daughters. And then, like, that was pretty much it. It, There was no, like, affection either. So that's why I want to say it might be a cultural thing. Yeah. Um, It was all about, like, surviving. Yeah. I mean, basic needs were met. Yeah. Um, So that's all that mattered. It was all just, like, about survival mode, you know? Mm -hmm. So... I think that kind of, like, rubbed off on me mm-hmm. um, in that kind of sense. And then, like, because both my 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 mom's mom and my mom um, kind of were always in survival mode, like, they had to just be, like, tough and, like, I don't know. They didn't have time to care about, like, what am I feeling and, and like what that. is yeah. my child feeling. So I think that probably rubbed off on me. Mm-hmm. 
Um, what about when you were a kid and you were like emotional or you were crying? Like, were you very emotional as a kid? So it's funny because like, I feel like a couple of months ago, I, I like, I had like a, just like, I don't know, a realization of, of things. Yeah. So I was on the phone and with my mom and I forgot what we were talking about and I just like blurted it out and I was like, well, yeah, like you never let me cry. Oh, and like dang. she started like laughing and she was like that's because you had to be tough and i was just like hmm. like after it was f- fine like it wasn't like a crazy conversation like we just got off the phone and it was what it was but i just like <laughs> got off the phone with her and i started thinking i was like my mom actually didn't let me cry like she wouldn't let me cry she <laughs> she would tell me to like stop crying or like yeah. suck it up or like stop being so emotional or sensitive wow and it's just crazy because, like, now that I'm older, I'm realizing, like, how much that affected me. Like, For sure. Yeah. And I didn't even realize it. Because now I cry all the time. and All the time. And I'm just like, why didn't I cry when I was younger? Like, yeah. I never cried. Or I hardly cried, I would say. I don't want to say never. But you do have an emotional side. But when you showed it, you were, like, told not to be that way. Right. So growing up, you're like, oh, man, like don't cry or whatever yeah and so like as a kid even i i I just i think i had a hard time and i'm not gonna say like i never cried because i do remember times where i did but if my mom was around it would be like stop crying Mm -hmm. like don't cry you wouldn't let yourself like fully or i try to like hold it in you know it's like the worst feeling when you hold in a sneeze and then you're holding in a cry too it hurts so bad both things yeah It feels like it just hurts yeah. like, in your throat. Yeah. yeah. I hate that. Um, yeah, it sounds like definitely like some avoidant attachment style, but I feel like now you seem very secure. Yeah. But that was probably like when you were first dating and like kind of exploring, you probably were more avoidant. And I would say maybe you lean more towards that because you're more self-sufficient and you do love yourself a lot um you're a little too much yeah you need to calm down (laughs) um but like literally the opposite of that is anxious attachment those Mm -hmm. people are the type that like feel like they're not worthy of love and they need someone to love them yeah and like anxious also just meaning like how the word is like they think their partner's cheating on them Mm -hmm. they want to know what their partner is doing like you know very like maybe even clingy Mm -hmm. um that's like very severe and them growing up it was kind of like the parent did not really meet their needs very inconsistent Uh or it could be the parent was there like too much for their needs and the child never had to like figure anything out like for themselves like their parent was like just right there and they they did not become self-sufficient they feel like they had to rely on their caregiver to make them feel better. Right. Because it was, they were always there for them. Yeah. So it's like, okay, like how, if you're a parent, like how much should you be there for your child? You know? <laughs> yeah. And I guess like, you know, in so many ways I appreciate my mom for doing that, mm-hmm. but also I do realize like how that took its hold on me or affected me growing up. Um, because like the reason I have to love myself is because I've been so self-sufficient and independent for a long time um, that in, in just like other ways, not like housing or things like that. Cause mm-hmm. I lived with my parents up until like three, four years ago. Like so. emotionally self-sufficient. Yeah. Or just like, I mean, sometimes, yeah. Like financially actually too. 
other than like them housing me. But um, there's just like, I don't know. I just like, I figured so many things out for myself and like there were very few people that like wanted to help me or cared to help me um, or were like cared to even look out for me that I have to like love myself first because I've done so much work for myself, you know, Mm -hmm. when so many people weren't there for me. And I saw how other people would like be, you know, handed jobs or like Mm -hmm. given opportunities for no reason just because people were looking out for them. Mm -hmm. And that never happened to me. Mm -hmm. Like I always kind of had to just figure shit out on my own and like build myself up on my own. Yeah. And even start from the bottom. Like, yeah. You know, even like when we started working, we didn't just get handed jobs. Like, we were working at McDonald's. And yeah. Like, was- my dad did get me that job. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, You want to work at McDonald's? I know the manager. I was like, No. And he's like, Okay, well, I got you an interview. <laughs> well, I mean, not just like those type of jobs, I guess, but like still, like, it's starting from the bottom, you know? Yeah. And kind of so having that to, was the bottom. Having to still like work your way up after that. So definitely. Um. So yeah, I I do feel like it's I feel good because I'm so self sufficient. But I think now that I'm adult, like I have to work on like my softer side and just yeah. kind of like I don't know, like caring for <clears throat> like my inner child self. You know. Yeah. Um, that wasn't given the opportunity to cry or be too sensitive because now I'm yeah. fucking sensitive. Yeah. And that's kind of like what that girl was saying that you interviewed. She was talking about inner child a lot, which I thought was really cool. Like she was saying, like, there yeah. are parts of ourselves. Well, even that episode, we had an episode where we were even talking about our inner child. And I was like, fuck, I'm going to start like crying because mm-hmm. it's hard to talk about your inner child. Yeah. It, you look back and you're just like that little kid. I don't know what age you look at, but I look kind of like second, third grade me. Oh, okay. And I'm just like, oh, like I have these tiny little eyes and like curly hair and Aww. things like that. And it's just like that little kid didn't know shit of what was going to happen, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so you have to kind of like go back into that time and, you know, mm-hmm. be nice to them. Because you're still that little kid like that's what the girl was saying what's her name marquise yeah she was saying like we are still those parts of ourselves Mm -hmm. and it's like when she said that i was like damn like i never realized that we are like we think we're growing up and we're just adults right but no like i like for me i can be very silly yeah (laughs) and i'm like i hope i just never lose that because (laughs) that is literally like the 12 13 year old me yeah just like happy all the time Uh uh-huh and, like, of course, there's times when I'm not like that, when I go dark. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, for the most part, like, when I feel like I want to have my inner child with me, like, all the time. Yeah. Because that is, like, I don't know, the free-spirited self. Yeah, and I think when you separate yourself too much from your inner child, I think that's when, like, Like, it scares Mm. you a little bit, you know, because you're so disconnected from that inner child. Yeah. That you're like, I don't want that child to see me like this because Mm -hmm. I'm so, like, far from it now. Mm -hmm. And I think think that's why, like, in earlier episodes when we mentioned inner child, like, 
I was like, oh man, I don't want to talk about it because like it makes me sad because mm. not that I'm not like proud of who I am. It's just like I've been so disconnected from my inner child. I've been in like survival mode and trying yeah. to figure shit out. So you've been trying to avoid your inner child. Yeah. Like kind of like Jonah Hill and his younger self. Right. Yeah. That was like his shadow. Like yeah. our inner child like could be our shadow. Right. Too. I think that was the episode we mentioned. That. Yeah. And he was saying he was, like, always trying to, like, hate on that part right. of him. But, yeah. like, you can't. You have to, like, love that part of you. Like, as a kid, like, crying for no reason or, like, wanting approval from your friends. Yeah. Um. But, yeah, very interesting time. And, I mean, the whole attachment thing is supposed to be from, like, up until you're five years old. So it's, like, very, very early Yeah. in your caregiving times. Um. I think for me, like, even though now I am secure, I feel like for a long time, um, or even still, I can lean towards anxious mm. because my mom, like, met all my needs for me and, like, always there for me. Like, maybe not super emotionally mm. because she's not, like, she's never been able to show her emotions that well. Right. The same, like, kind of crying thing. Like, I remember having to tell my mom um, when we were when I was going through my breakup, mm-hmm. like a song came on. I think I told you this. Uh-huh. And I just started crying. And my mom's like, stop crying. Turn off this song. Yeah. And I was like, no, mom, I need to cry. Let me cry. Yeah. And like, ever since I told her that, like, she even remembers it. And she's like, you know, now I know like, it's okay to cry. And I'm like, damn, like I taught my mom something. Yeah. Because like when she was growing up, like that was not okay. Yeah. Like her basic needs weren't even met. Right. So I don't know. And then I feel like the whole anxious thing is like because I, my mom was always there for me. Like I remember if she would be gone too long, mm-hmm. I would get like really sad, really scared. I hated sleeping over at like my grandma's house because mm-hmm. I didn't want to be away from my mom. Yeah. Um, I felt like super, super safe with her. Mm-hmm. So I feel like that also has to do with like me and my attraction and me like preferring to be with women. Mm-hmm. because I grew up with my mom and I see how like strong women are and I've only had to rely on a woman and they've only had, they've, they're the only ones who have showed me that they are capable of like meeting my needs. Uh-huh. Okay. And I, even though my dad wasn't there, right? I'm glad he wasn't. Cause if he was, things would have not been good. Mm-hmm. So that's reinforces even more a reason for me to like, not give a shit about what a man thinks about me or like you know men tell me like oh like you're very attractive like all these different things you know like compliments and I'm like I can I really don't care (laughs) like at all because of course I love my dad yeah but he was never there and if he was it would have been terrible I already know that I'm glad Mm -hmm. I'm glad he wasn't there Mm. so that is like even more of why I think women are something that I just like and more attractive more to. attractive to yeah that makes sense actually now when you put it that way and I, i'm sure everyone's like reasoning for you know um liking women or men is different mm-hmm. but like the way you're wording it it, it actually makes sense it's, yeah and this is like kind of what i realized because i'm starting to think too like you know how there's like that freud theory that we're attracted to like our parents or like some form of our parents yeah freud's a little crazy yeah it's it's crazy (laughs) but like the reason i think behind those theories is because 
you know that that's how that's the first time we we see love and we receive love is mm-hmm. through our parents most of the time mm-hmm. and so we find we try to find the similar feelings because it makes us feel you know good or it makes us feel safe yeah safe which is why like some women who were you know abused at home they kind of lean towards like abusive men or toxic because they think that's what's safe because that's safe to them that's like normal um so i think like yeah that the way you worded it makes sense it's like our our parents are like the source and beginning of our journey in love in relationships and safety and love yeah so it would make every reason why you're attracted to someone similar. I mean, yeah. like, not even just attracted, but, like, yeah, feeling safe and just... Well, attracted not just physically, but, yeah. like, you know. Like, I just feel like I want more love from a woman mm-hmm. because that is what I've been shown right. my whole life. And, like, my sister obviously isn't gay, but we're eight years apart, and she did see... Your dad like, more. my dad, like, she did grow up with him. She saw those good parts of him, like, mm-hmm. being a dad. So I think that that, you know, shows her, like, you know, male figures and, like, mm-hmm. the importance of that, too. And, like, I've, for, like, the past few years, I've realized, like, I've never had, like, a male figure that I've looked up to. Like, there's mm-hmm. been men who I'm like, oh, yeah, like, I've learned a lot from that man. Like, my coaches, like, I'll end up seeing them as, like, dads. Uh-huh. And, like... I'm like, yeah, that's, like, very rare because I've never been able to, like, see that in my own dad. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I can't say that I have too many, like, role, male role models either, to be honest. Yeah. Um, I look up to, like, certain – well, I mean, if we're looking or speaking in terms of, like, celebrities or something like i think mm-hmm. like there's there are a lot of men that i'm like oh that guy's cool or like denzel they, washington they've done so much work he's actually really cool yeah <laughs> everyone loves him um but as far as like personally knowing i don't have too many men to look up to either i mean i love my dad but mm-hmm. he wasn't the best role model for me or my brother <laughs> but he still showed you guys love he was still there yeah well the thing is that when i was a kid my dad actually wasn't there um Mm. he was always traveling because of work Mm. so he i like would hardly see him i'd see him maybe like once a week or like Mm -hmm. every other two weeks or something i think that that does go for a lot of dads because they're working yeah so my dad was like not around as much when i was like a kid i would say up until maybe like fourth grade Mm. um because then he got injured really bad um and he was at work more he was at work okay oh well no what happened was he got injured i think it was around like yeah fourth grade or so um he started working more closer like around like the pasadena area Mm -hmm. um and then so i would see him a little more around fourth fifth grade and then about sixth grade is when he got injured something Mm -hmm. around that time so he couldn't actually work okay around my middle school time he was around and he was around like way too much because he wasn't working he yeah. was injured and ugh, it your was, mom was probably pissed was terrible yeah <laughs> it was too much um but yeah like when i was a little kid though like he yeah he was always working mm. um but i mean you know my grandpa he, i can't say much for him being like a husband because i've heard a lot of 
you know, terrible things about mm -hmm. him as a husband. But as a, as a grandpa, he was my only grandpa, which is my dad's dad. Um, he was a good role model in the sense where when I look for men, I'm always going to be looking for a man that works hard because my grandpa always worked hard. Like in a relationship? Yeah. Oh. Like I hate lazy guys. I can't stand it. Yeah. And my grandpa worked up until like he had cancer and he was still working. Yeah. Like he he just needed to work. That was his mentality. He's very old school. And mm. I think about a week or two before he died, he was still working. Wow. Yeah. He had bone cancer. That's freaking crazy, dude. Yeah. So he, although like I didn't get to spend like too much time with him all the time, um, like he was just kind of a, a role model in that sense where like that's, mm -hmm. my mom even told me when I was there, she's like, that is a man who like works really hard. That's your dad's, your my mom's? dad's, my dad's dad. Oh, okay. Yeah. But he, he always like took care of my mom too. Like mm. he always looked out for her cause she didn't have her dad around. Oh. So, and my parents have known each other since they were kids. So yeah. my grandpa always respected my mom's mom because she was a single mom and she just yeah. fucking hustled and like, yeah. you know, raised her daughters by herself. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, that, so the, I mean, that was kind of some sort of role model that I had, but I, I don't think I have too many. Yeah. Male role models. So that's interesting how, like, you said your mom's mom was, like, hustling all the time. So your mom probably has so much respect for women. And that's probably why yeah. she's, like, such an activist yeah. for women's rights. Because my mom could give a shit <laughs> about women's rights. Because till this day, my mom is, like, still resents my grandma mm. for not being, like, the best mom. Oh, okay. And I'm like, like, can you imagine if my grandma was, like, an amazing mom to my mom? Like, yeah. she probably would be, like, an activist, too. Like, who yeah. knows? It's just crazy how, like, those things from so long ago affects a yeah. person. Yeah, and how you respect people and treat people or who you even look up to. My mm -hmm. mom has a lot of still trauma from my grandma. My mom admits, oh. like, she wasn't the best mom. Because, oh. like I said, my grandma was always in survival mode. So yeah. she didn't have time to, like, Super care about, like, sensitive right. feelings and things like that. Right. Um, so, but the thing is, my mom has a lot of empathy. And so she because of that she she sees past like my grandma's like tough love or like you know yeah. things she like sees where she came from and like yeah why she had to be that way yeah yeah and i sense. think because my mom sees that and maybe that's why i'm empathetic and see mm -hmm. see past even my mom my mom uh she i love her so much and she raised me and my brother you know to be good people but yeah looking back i do see things that i wish like maybe she did differently yeah. but it's like it is what it is my mom tried her best raising yeah. me and my brother so you accept like those yeah. imperfections but like even still with like the things that they didn't do right i feel like those are the things that make us stronger yeah because like this is what i i've told my sister like she's she thinks like oh, my parents should have stayed together mm -hmm. and kept their business and our life would have been, like, so freaking amazing. Yeah. But, like, that is true. But imagine if we were handed everything like that. Yeah. Like, we wouldn't have been, like, as self-sufficient as we are yeah. now or, like, have the same understanding for other people that struggle. Mm -hmm. um, I like, forgot what business your parents had. They had, like, um, 
windows, screens. Okay. Like, they were doing really, really well. And my sister's always like, like, if they, they had a house, you know, mm-hmm. they bought a house. Like, she's like, they could have given us that house, like, this yeah. and that. And I'm like, yeah, but, you know, it didn't happen. It is what it is. It didn't happen. And because it didn't, like, I think we're still totally fine. Yeah. But, like, because it didn't happen, like, what did we become because of that? You know? Yeah. That's true. That's the way I like to look at it. Like, and it's not easy to accept that because obviously, like, I didn't grow up seeing that lifestyle. Like, I was a baby. Yeah. But my sister did. She grew up with, like, vacations to, like, Disney World. Mm -hmm. Like, all this crazy stuff. Mm -hmm. So I can see why, you know, that might piss her off a bit. (laughs) She resents it a little. Yeah. But, like, look at, like, now she's given the best life to her family and her kids. Mm -hmm. And I think. Either way, I think she would have done that, but I think the struggles that she had to go through, like, definitely made her stronger. Yeah, I think for all, all of us, actually. For all of us, yeah. yeah. Not, it builds the character. Yeah, like, you're not just like, oh, yeah, like, uh, my family has a business, and I went to private school my whole life, and, um, yeah, you know, I have a degree, and I have a great job now. Yeah. Like, okay, cool, like, how am I going to relate to you? But what did, <laughs> yeah, what did you actually work for, you know? Yeah. And... And there's just so many, you know how I, I might be getting like lost here, but <laughs> I, there are people who go on trips and they go like camping or they go like just, I don't know, they travel or do these like things. I want to say like a lot of white people activities. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and then they try to make that their personality because they don't have much of a personality. Yeah. And so like all they do or talk about is traveling like, traveling what they camping. saw and traveling and it's very like camping. okay do you know do you not have like a personality to talk about like you can't you know say anything else mm-hmm. i think i think all the struggles and like the oppressions that you face it builds so much character and it builds so mm-hmm. many like talking points for like sharing your experience of mm-hmm. life and versus like someone that's just like always like doing the same shit because they taking don't... no risks basically yeah because they don't have any other way to experience life and yeah and it's kind of similar to like people without cultures mm-hmm. i guess that's like a lot of white people because some of them are american white people because you know they don't have too they much have, culture they and so they just culture. take other people's culture yeah um but even a culture builds your character you know for sure so it's just like we have so much personality because of all these like circumstances and oppressions and struggles that we've faced and that's probably why like we have just like a lot to say too and i don't know it's interesting yeah not all the time but (laughs) yeah it can be it could get deep and like i still think you know even though people go through struggles and oppressions like that doesn't mean they're gonna change for the better like sometimes those people like don't get better yeah or Or they're like bitter yeah and that sucks yeah you know and i don't know hopefully like those people can i don't know just kind of see a positive side to the things that happen to them yeah um i don't know how that would happen but i don't know i feel like we try to learn from our mistakes yeah for me it takes like a couple more times yeah but yeah um i think for me too though yeah it takes us a while to really be like, okay, like, I, I need to stop doing, doing that. this. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think we're both a little bit <laughs> like that. I don't know why, but we like to push the limit, maybe. 
Maybe. <laughs> um, but anyway, going back to like your attachment styles. Yeah. Um, so you were going into, you said anxious attachment. Anxious attachment, yeah. Uh, and that's something that you said that you maybe feel like you pick up sometimes? Yeah, if I was like leaning towards any of the non-secure ones, I think it would definitely be that one because there definitely are times in like relationships or like when I'm not in a relationship where I'm just like, I need like someone to tell me like they love me or someone to tell me like, like they need me. Yeah. Um, and I don't, I guess you probably have never thought that or felt that way. About being in a relationship. Um, or I feel like now sometimes I do need that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, because I've, I, this is the longest relationship I've been in, um, like a serious relationship. And I feel like now it's getting, like, you know, when you have so much time, you're bound to become more vulnerable. Yeah. And I feel like because I'm becoming more vulnerable now that you are needing that I person. I do need some, yeah, sometimes. And then, like, I, I think there is, like, a certain degree that you do need that. Yeah. But if that's, like, your everyday feeling, yes. that is not good. <laughs> and, like, I've definitely been in relationships where I'm, like, I cannot lose this person. Yeah. So I would say I'm more of an anxious attachment mm-hmm. um, style. And, like, yeah, if anything, I would say I, w- I would be that. But apparently I'm secure. Yeah. <laughs> which is awesome. <laughs> so thanks, Mom. <laughs> um, For, like... I would say I have like a probably a two year mark and I I haven't had that many serious relationships, but, um, I think that's like my cutoff time of when I, when I like start to just be like avoidant or be like, I don't need this shit. If we're fighting, I don't want to work through shit. Like, yeah, you know? Um, so that's about the time where I'm still like avoiding things possibly, Mm. or at least in my past. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, just because you're one attachment style right now doesn't mean you're going to be that forever. Yeah. Well, I still have to take the test because I'm probably secure. Yeah. You, I think you are. It changes. <laughs> like when I got Nothing's out of. wrong. I'm fine. Yeah. You're <laughs> not avoiding anything. <laughs> like when I got out of my last relationship, like I for sure was like super anxious, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, I think everyone is when yeah. you get out of a relationship. Yeah. If you're the person that's like being dumped or in a way in in a form of being rejected yeah i think you're gonna be anxious because you're like fuck like yeah what went wrong here yeah and then like blaming yourself or yeah you know, and you're like more caught off guard than the yes. other person who's like cheating or the other person that's like i'm ready to call it quits yeah because they've been ready yeah and so when someone just cuts you and you're just like, fuck, what am I going to do? Yeah. I think anything that you're not expecting is going to affect you more. Cause if yeah. you're, if you're expecting it, then you're like, okay, I was ready for this. I was prepared. Yeah. But if you're not, then yeah. you're like, Oh shit. Like I did not see this coming. And my whole life is like different now because yeah. of that, whatever happened. Yeah. Um, and I think that has a lot to do with, like, people healing from trauma, like, whether they expected it or not, mm-hmm. um, stuff like that. That's true. Yeah. Um. So is there any more attachments that you were going to Yeah, mention? the last one is the fearful avoidant. And that one is a really, really hard one to have because these people can have, like, borderline personality disorder. Like, mm-hmm. they, they're back and forth. Like, they're like, I need you, I need you. And then they're like, 
get away from me. Um, and these types of attachment styles usually come from people who do have childhood trauma. Uh-huh. Um, or like, you know, any type of abuse, psychologically, physically, sexual. Mm-hmm. Um, they tend to have this type of attachment style. And the way that they have to heal from that is literally like getting therapy and like realizing that they have that. So it's called fearful fearful attachment or disorganized attachment. Uh-huh. And it's like a low percentage of people have it. But um, I mean, yeah, I, I feel like I've known people that have this attachment style. From what you know, what do you think is the most common attachment style? Apparently, like from the podcast I was listening to, 50%, 55% are, are secure. Really? So like half people That's are weird. secure. I don't believe that, actually. Uh, and then 20% <laughs> are avoidant. Uh-huh. So I guess maybe like maybe twenty thirty percent are anxious, uh-huh. but yeah, apparently half of the people are secure, which is like I think that's pr- pretty true. Like one out of two people, five out of ten people. I guess I I don't see that though. You don't think so? I, no, I also don't really believe in stats that much yeah, anymore. I anymore. feel like people aren't grasping. Yeah, you know the right population sometimes. I mean, I guess like. I was surprised that I'm considered secure. Yeah. So I guess some people who you might not think are, like, are you know, secure. actually are. Yeah, I guess so. So. And then it always changes, too. So it's hard to put a statistic on it. Yeah. It's very open-ended. Yeah. Um. But, yeah, I think attachment styles are very interesting and, in like, helping us learn more about ourselves and yeah. why we are the way we are. And then, like, even for other people. And then kind of giving them, like, more empathy, like, oh, it's, like, it's out of your control, like, why that formed. Yeah. And then you can change it. True. But I don't think everyone, god damn, it's, it's fucking yeah, hot in here. I'm car- sweating I don't know why over. my car gets so hot. I know. <laughs> all over. <laughs> um, You're saying how, like, to be more empathetic for people who are, have different attachment styles, because... The, the way they were raised or something mm-hmm. yeah to some extent but some people like you don't get an excuse to be an <laughs> asshole all the time you know for sure that's yeah that's not okay. like don't be an asshole all the time like at least just because you were raised like yeah. you know in an orphanage or something <laughs> <laughs> yeah but i mean where i work there's some people who you're just like why are you that way yeah um and i even though I can get upset with these people sometimes, I'm like, damn, like, I have to remember, like, what they've been through. Yeah, um, true. Especially if they're older. Uh-huh. And I'm like, how would I be Yeah. in those situations? Um, but if they're younger and they're straight up being assholes, then I'm like, all right, you literally have some work to do. Yeah. But that's why they're there. Yeah. So I'm like, I still can't give them shit because they're trying to get better here. I guess that's true. Um, but not everyone's trying to get better. <laughs> so... <laughs> Yeah, not not everyone's like doing the the work for it, and it takes a lot of work to like yeah be a good person. <laughs> yeah, if you've experienced like trauma or like if you had a you know a bad upbringing, I think some people who are the types that don't care for others, like I don't even think they have to go through trauma. I think it could be as simple as like maybe their parents didn't show them. Mm-hmm. affection that much or were emotionally unavailable for them like they can grow up and be very mean careless people or like cold just cold people there's a lot of people like that and i feel like we 
because we are empathetic type people, like we don't really surround ourselves with those type of people. Like when I meet someone like that, I'm kind of automatically like, yeah, I'm not going to get close to you. Yeah. um, It's funny because I've been in, well, a lot of relationships, whether I was dating or had a boyfriend or something like the guys try to hurt me by saying I'm cold because I try to shut shit down like real quick. Yeah. And that's interesting. And it's funny because that used to actually hurt my feelings when even my mom would say that and she would fucking hurt my feelings. She'd be like, you're cold. You don't care about things. And I started realizing I'm like, no, I'm fucking not. You're just being an asshole to me and I don't want to deal with it. And I'm trying to shut it down. Yeah. Because you're going to keep hurting me. So yeah. in order to protect my feelings, yeah. I need to cut shit. Because yeah. I'm not going to keep letting you hurt my feelings. Mm-hmm. So it was kind of a form of gaslighting in some way. Yeah. Like people were trying to say, like reverse it and say, I'm mean, I'm cold. Yeah. W- because I'm trying to like get away from it. Yeah. Um. But yeah. So, so for a period of time, I did think I was mean and cold. Yeah. And I did think I was like this bitch and like. Yeah, totally. Um. I just, like, started realizing because I'm like, no, I'm not. I'm actually, like, the furthest thing from that. I do care a lot about people that I don't even know. Mm -hmm. And I'm super sensitive. So I'm not a mean person. And I'm not this Mm -hmm. cold bitch that people try to paint me to be. Right. Um, That's awesome that you realize that, like, who you really are. Yeah. And I remember one of my friends, I, like, I was feeling, I think it was, like, in my 20s. I was probably, like, 20. I remember I was at PCC and like I was just like on the phone with her and she was just like she's like you act like you're this bad person you know you're not a bad person right and I like that conversation (laughs) and that just like that sentence just like really stuck with me because I was just like I'm not a bad person why am I feeling like why am I treating myself like I'm a bad person yeah um and then that just like stuck with me and I kind of just like held on to it since then that's awesome um because yeah because people would name call and tell yeah. me these things and i just like for i would i would accept it a little bit and just be like i guess i'm just mean I yeah guess i'm just a bitch we t- we'll it's crazy how we'll accept like what other people say about us and we're like oh yeah i am i guess yeah but, but then i was just like you know what no how i'm a bitch because i have boundaries yeah you're putting up boundaries <laughs> which I realize that when we're making people uncomfortable, they will like call us out on yeah. things that they is making them feel more in charge in a way, more protected because we're essentially threatening them. Yeah. When we are being upfront about how we are, how we want boundaries. Mm-hmm. Um, and it comes off as mean setting boundaries. Yeah. And it makes people uncomfortable. So they're going to say, Oh, you're mean. Yeah. Because they need to feel like they can like protect themselves. Yeah. We're always just trying to protect, protect ourselves. ourselves. Um, but, like, even when I first met you yeah. in, like, freshman year, like, 14 years old, I thought you were, like, the nicest person ever. Yeah. And then as time went on, I noticed you did become more protective of your feelings. Yeah. But I think it's because of the shit that had happened to you yeah. in relationships. Yeah. So the way you were acting more, like, quotations cold uh-huh. it's because you were trying to protect yourself and your feelings and yeah. set boundaries with people and i can see how that comes off as cold yeah but i kind of understood it because i was like oh yeah i remember like that dude you know did that to her and shit <laughs> like that and i was like yeah like she definitely got it like you got to protect yourself at yeah. that point yeah and so i think 
I mean, that's a kind of like a form of trauma too. So like, it's For just sure. something you like use to like, I guess to learn from it and then just like protect yourself. So like, you know, I don't know. Does it happen anymore? Yeah. And it, it didn't happen anymore after a while. Yeah. <laughs> after a while. After like the eighth time. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, after the, like so many times, of course you're going to come off as mean. Yeah. Um, but I think it's important to not let it like get to you. Of become your personality. And become your personality because yeah. then you're letting like those people that hurt you win. Yes. And you're, you know, internally not like that. So Yeah. It's kind of the story, a lot of stories of like villains in movies mm -hmm. and stuff. Like That's true. I always like use the Joker as an example because uh. the one with Joaquin Phoenix was like it kind of explains the journey of becoming a villain. Yeah. And it's all of the trauma and like abuse from other people. And then you let them kind of win mm -hmm. if you become this villain. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that's a good example because he did go through a lot of shit. Yeah. And I'm sure he already had some issues going on with his like mental health. Men and stuff. Yeah. And that was it. That's all it took. Kind of like school shooters too. Like Yeah. And it's funny because I mean, this is kind of random and probably is a little related, but not, but <laughs> I, me and Jesse were walking to the store. Um, I don't know what we were talking about, but I taught, I brought up like, well, you know, like people that become clowns and stuff like i i have this real soft spot for them because mm. i just feel like it's it took a lot for somebody to probably get there and maybe not in all cases i don't feel bad for bearded ladies i feel like they're rocking that shit you know like they own it yeah um but there are some people like that are dressing up because they want to make money or like Maybe this is their way of trying to make people happy. I don't know. Mm -hmm. And I just feel really empathetic. Like, I have a soft spot for somebody that's, mm -hmm. like, dressed up like that. Mm -hmm. um, and maybe I shouldn't for every person, but I do. So For clowns. Yeah. Especially. I mean, think about it. Like, it probably, like, would you dress up as a clown? Maybe for Halloween. Would you dress up to work as a clown? No. Yeah, right? No it way. It takes a lot for someone to do that. That would be weird. <laughs> yeah. And there are weird people that maybe just like it, and that's cool. Um, I like the people that own that shit. Mm -hmm. um, but own who they really want to be, even if it's, like, super weird. Even if it's weird, yeah. It's it's cool, because then you don't have this, like, feeling for them. You're just like, they're doing whatever they yeah, want to do. Yeah, they're doing it makes them happy. happy. Yeah. Um. Or, like, um, what's another one of those people, like? Um, I would say even people who, like, do drag. Oh, yeah. Well, they have their... No. I don't feel bad for anybody that does drag. Because oh. they're fucking rocking that shit all yeah. the time. And they own it. That Okay, yeah. And that's like, what I was coming from. Drag culture it. has built so much of, like, what our pop culture is. Mm -hmm. we, we steal a lot from drag culture. Even... Mm -hmm. Even the way women do their makeup, like contouring, that comes from like a lot of drag. All right. Okay. So I think people who have like body deformities, like mm -hmm. if they've gotten burned or they have like, what is it called when you have like spotted kind of skin? Alopecia? Is that what it is? Alopecia? Isn't that when you're losing your hair? Oh, I don't know what it's called. Um, but or people, like people that are like small. 
Yeah, and they're just like out there doing their thing. They don't give a shit what you think, and yeah. makes because they're just being comfortable. Like those type of people, I'm like, yeah, like you are. I don't know. You like you're just killing it. Like you have a lot of confidence, and you're doing what makes you happy. Yeah, because like in that movie, the Joker, like, or was it Joker? <laughs> I think the Joker. <laughs> I think it's Joker. Um, like you kind of. I don't know if you felt this way, but I felt like empathetic for him. I was like, "Yeah, yeah. fuck everybody. They're assholes." Yeah, I yeah, I did. I he think kept that's... trying to do the right thing, and like the world kept fucking him over. I think that's like the point of the movie. Yeah, right. You're supposed to feel like, yeah, like you understand why he's like yeah. that. I think. Did you watch the last Dahmer TV show, the series? Um, I saw the first like two episodes. Evan of it. Peters. Okay, that whole series was like so freaking good that. I even felt some empathy. What? Yeah. Well, because his dad, right? His dad. Just because of everything. Parents, like, like, they were assholes. I mean, like, he definitely has something wrong yeah, in his brain. Yeah, psycho. But, like. I don't feel empathy. The, the, he was such a liar, dude. Mm-hmm. Like, he killed people. But, like, really? He wanted to be loved and give love. Mm-hmm. But he didn't know how to do it. Yeah. Right? But that's really what he was trying to do. Yeah. Um, because he didn't get that from his parents and like obviously like you know and his mom was taking pills and he was a baby like that probably messed his shit up yeah um so yeah i did feel a little bit empty because i'm like like his reasonings were human nature you know like wanting connection mm-hmm. um the way he went about it was totally wrong right and that that's what happens with a lot of people who you know commit murders and stuff or like even yeah people with split personality disorder like yeah. the reason why they created that is to protect them from the traumas that they've had yeah or it's like the only way they know how to express like some weird form of love or something like that yeah because they don't know how to receive real love or give yeah because the thing i mean i never finished the series but the thing with jeffrey dahmer he was after was it only gay guys or was it only black gay guys um, I think it was mostly black, but mm-hmm. I think he did kill a couple non-black. Because I don't know where I heard or read or something like about him being, would that be considered racist because he was only targeting black males? Or would it mean that he's just really attracted to black males yeah. and that was who he was trying to like kind of love or engage not i don't want to use the word love because it's so like weird to use in that context yeah i mean you're saying like he didn't know how to love so yeah he's trying to express himself in some weird way from the show which Um, i don't know how true it is yeah but if it's mostly true Mm -hmm. i will say that he was genuinely attracted Mm -hmm. to black men Mm -hmm. specifically um because there was a guy that he had a very close relationship with Mm -hmm. that he didn't kill for like a few weeks Okay. And then he did because, you know, he has issues. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, I think he was attracted to black males. Okay. Um, I don't think he was racist. I mean, he probably was also racist. I don't know. Yeah, weird, right? Like, how do you explain that? I don't think he knew what the heck it was he was. But, oh, God. Uh, it's yeah. very interesting, like, the way they depicted it. Because I think the show wanted you to feel some empathy for him, which is kind of disgusting. Which is so disgusting because it's, like, you create a show and it's a white man. And it's, like, as if... Like, should you feel any empathy yeah. for this white man? What the fuck? Why do we, like, 
put these murders and a lot of them are white males why do we put them on these like pedestals yeah like hollywood and yeah glamorize like their actions and they're sick they're yeah. sick fucks that should be shamed i was yeah. just saying how we should we should bring back stoning <laughs> you know when someone does some fucked up shit Stone we shouldn't shit. kill them we should let the public humiliate them and spit on them oh and gosh. talk shit to them because that's how someone learns Going back to when you get embarrassed that's how you learn to stop doing stupid shit yeah i'm sure that in prison you know they go through a lot of shit it's not enough it's not enough i okay. feel like you need mass amounts of different types of people to really shame you that sounds like asshole. a good black mirror episode i think i should be the president <laughs> Yeah, we just be stoning people. Then I'll go to jail. No one's gonna really Donald mess up. Trump. Shit, he's gonna go to jail. Yeah, hopefully. I have to pee. Probably so not bad. for long. All right. Well, we could just end it here. Yeah, we were we talked about a lot. Yeah. We're still looking for people to interview. Yes. Well, now that your schedule's changing, it'll probably work out better. Yeah. Easier. Perfect. So. All right. We're done. Bye-bye. Bye bye. <laughs>